You are listening to the Life Point Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Drew Meyer. For more information about other Life Point Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. We're glad that you came despite it being a little brisk outside. Got a special morning planned for you. I want to share a message with you this morning entitled, Our Story, as we celebrate the, re- the resurrected Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. So we're going to be this morning. Growing up, I had a pastor in my life that if he was meeting you for the first time, he, he would want to sit down with you and he would say this line. He'd say, you were born and then what happened? And for him, that was the inroads into knowing your story, getting to hear where you're from and your, your family background and your highlights and your lowlights that make you who you are. I've always had this appreciation for each of our unique stories, that every single one of us, we have this unique combination of experiences and conversations and relationships and, and highlights and, and trials and difficulties that all come together to make us who we are. And there are no duplicate stories. It's in a diverse city like Ames and a diverse gathering like this morning, there are zero duplicate stories. We all have this unique story. I want to declare to you this morning that God pursues you in your uniqueness. He sees right where you're at, and he pursues you in the midst of that. The heart of the Christian message is it's not a message about man going to God, but us working our way up towards God that somehow he might look favorably upon us. No, the Christian message is unlike any other religious system in that it's about God's pursuit of man. It's about God coming down to humanity and pursuing you and I. And that also, that pursuit includes your uniqueness. Every single one of us, your unique quirks, your unique story, God's not scared off by it this morning, which is good news. So the main idea for this morning is that God reaches into our unique stories and he writes his story. He reaches into each of our unique stories and he begins to write his story. And this morning, I want you to have a firm confidence as you walk out of this place in the resurrected Christ, being alive and well, desiring to write a story over your life. His story is for everyone. There's no one in this place that has gone too far, that has ran away too hard from the Lord, that's said anything to scare him off. He sees you in your uniqueness and he pursues you in the midst of it. So if we look at 1 Peter chapter 1, I want you to hear God's story spoken directly to you. And this, this passage, I love it in this context this morning because it's, it's very direct. He's constantly saying you. And so I want you to hear it this morning as that. This is God's story for you. It says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long ago or long before the world began. But now in these last days... He has been revealed for your sake. 
through Christ. You have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and your hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. God's pursuit of you. He pursues you. And in verse 20, you see that God pursues you. That long before the world began, he had already set it in his heart. He had already set his intention. That he knew free free will humanity would go their way. And he set it in his heart that he was going to pursue you. He set in motion a plan to ransom you back. His pursuit, it was declared, it's on. And so this morning, in a creative way, I want this to be illustrated to you before your eyes. So I'm going to have Gil and Sheena share their stories this morning with you to see how, so that you can see how God pursued them and their unique stories. And then since, now how God has been writing a new story over their life. We went to church every Sunday, and I had good morals. I thought that was good enough. God always seemed far off to me. You see, I saw him as someone to go to in times of trouble or sadness, almost like a genie in a bottle. And when I was a kid, when I was scared or afraid, my mom would tell me to read my Bible or pray to God. And sometimes I would, but that's really all I left it at. And as I grew older, I wanted nothing to do with religion because I couldn't see how it fit into my busy life. There wasn't room in my life for it, especially since I didn't see the point in religion at all. I thought it would make my life boring, having to live by a set of rules and regulations. I figured if I prayed occasionally and read my Bible once or twice and told people that I was a Christian that that would be good enough, right? But deep within me, I knew that it wasn't. And this tension created a lot of anxiety for me as a child. When I came to college to be on my own for the first time, all the things that I used to fill my time as a teenager and a child were taken away from me. And this created a lot of loneliness. In fact, I was so lonely my first year of college that I couldn't hardly leave my dorm room. I was so so anxious and full of just fear of what might happen that I could hardly leave. I did know one person in Ames, though. She happened to be involved in Chi Alpha Campus Ministry. She brought me to their weekly service and her small group, and she told me how much God loves me and how, and she lived her life in a godly way like I had never seen before. I was definitely intrigued by the way that she lived her life. As the fall semester went on, I began to see God in a different light for the first time. I continued to go to Chi Alpha, mostly in hopes of making a few friends, but it was in the following few weeks that God used people to speak to me. For the first time, God began to seem real in my life. When people would talk about the Bible or God, I now began to listen. And it was the September of my freshman year that I found myself at my first Chi Alpha Fall Retreat. There, I fully began to realize God's loving pursuit of me. Distracted. 
that's the word I would use to describe my life as I was growing up. Whether it was hunting and fishing as a kid, alcohol and drugs as a teen, or working and striving for success as a young adult, there was always something vying for my attention to the point of distraction. You see, I had encountered God at an early age. I had felt him calling me. He had, I had allowed him a place in my life from time to time. I had sensed his presence. He had been faithful to put people in my life that pointed me to him. But I had never given up control. I wanted what I wanted. God was welcome to come along for the ride. I was okay with that. And yet I wasn't. There was this hollowness to everything I was doing. But on January 19, 1997, that all changed for me. And I know in my knower that things will never be the same. So I hope you hear in their stories this morning that God pursued them in their loneliness, in their anxiety, in their distracted, purposeless living. God pursued them in that. And God set up circumstances and conversations and relationships to begin to soften their hearts and to get their attention. God has held nothing back in his pursuit of you. And I want you to hear that this morning clearly. God has been extravagantly pursuing you. You see that when he says that he didn't pursue you, he didn't ransom you with gold or silver, which lose their value. Instead, he ransomed you. He bought you back by actually spilling his own blood, by giving his life, by by sacrificing the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. He held nothing back. And the reason we know and we can have confidence that he had the authority then to begin writing a new story over our lives is because he rose again. He didn't die in vain. Instead, he gave his life, and three days later, he rose from the dead, demonstrating that he had the power over sin and death. And now he has the authority to begin writing a new story over your life. And that is the new story he writes over each one of us. And each of us can have that story for our lives. I felt God speaking to me for the first time in my life. He was telling me how much he loved me, that he gave Jesus to pay the ultimate price for me. So on Friday, September 21st, 2012, I committed my life to the Lord. And for the first time in my life, I really meant it. And I wanted to live my life in a way that honored that commitment, no matter what people thought of me. After that, I went on a pursuit to find out who God truly is and who he says I am. The Bible came alive to me. I couldn't get enough of it as I found out that God is my heavenly father who wants more for me than the anxiety and the loneliness that I was wrapped in. I couldn't get enough of the Bible, and he became my closest friend. I desperately wanted to be free from the mental struggles that entangled my life. The more I read the Bible, the more I began to walk in freedom and confidence and assurance, knowing that I am a daughter of the Most High God. I didn't do it all on my own, though. God brought me into a loving and welcoming family here that I will forever be grateful for. I finally had the courage to step out and make real friends. I was introduced to true life-giving community for the first time. I met people who truly wanted to know how I was doing. They cared about me, they prayed for me, they encouraged me, and they challenged me in my walk with God. 
I definitely would not be standing here before you today had I not stepped out of my comfort zone and dove into real community like I did. And my priorities have shifted the more I get to know God still today. When I find out what he thinks of me, I realize that his will for my life is far better than anything I could think of myself. Aware. That's the word I would use to describe how I felt today when I allowed Jesus full access into my life. You see, on that January day, a lot of things came into focus for me. I recognized that his love was determined towards me. I realized that my good enough wasn't. And I became aware that all the distractions in my life were just that, distractions from finding true significance. And so when everything came into focus for me, I could see how truly intentional God was in his pursuit of me. And having that clarity changed everything. The things that I used to do to temporarily fill that hollowness have been replaced by this amazing, long-standing joy. The emphasis is no longer on me, what I want, or what I can accomplish. That has been replaced by a desire to know God and his unique plan for me. Success looks different now. Self-promotion has been replaced by a desire to elevate others. Wealth is no longer the accumulation of things, but is rather seen by investing into people. The facade has been replaced by transparency. Ego has been replaced by integrity. And the desire for promotion has been replaced with the reality of a purpose. In short, once I discovered my worth in Jesus, how can I not challenge other people to see themselves as he sees them? So I hope you're catching it this morning, how the theme comes alive. It's each of us have a unique story, and God pursues us in the midst of that. Then as we surrender our lives to his story, we actually all come under the banner of a common story, which is this, that we were all pursued, that we were all forgiven, that now we are all adopted as sons and daughters. And that's really good news. In the endless possibilities of stories, God can bring us into his family and call his sons and daughters forgiven ones, ones that belong. We can all have a common story. And his Story changes everything, as I hope you've caught from Gil and Sheena's stories. Rejection and loneliness get replaced with belonging and adoption. Anxiety gets replaced by, gets written over by the peace that surpasses understanding. Distractions get written over by this crystal clear eternal purpose for our lives, eternal mission. Addictions and hang-ups get written over by the radical grace of God that sets us free. There's a Savior that is alive today to write a story over our lives, and it's for every single one of us. This is the story we can each now have in Christ. But he 
Yes, God is so good. And such, a, such a diverse tapestry of stories represented, but now all under the common banner of Christ Jesus and his story, the story that he's been writing over our lives. I don't want you to oversimplify the message this morning to think that everything in an instant is changed overnight when you surrender your life to Christ's authorship in your life. Instead, it begins a story, which means it's constant and progressive in our lives as we surrender our lives to the resurrected Christ. As we close this morning, I just want to emphasize two aspects of the story of Christ that he wants to write over our lives that we see right here from 1 Peter chapter 1. Firstly, I want you to understand that he writes a new identity over us. 1 Peter chapter 1, we see in verse 22 that he says we were cleansed from sins when we, when we obeyed the truth. So when we surrender our lives to Christ and we confess him as Lord and as Savior, we are cleansed, we're forgiven. So whatever your story has been, Right from the moment you walk into, or you don't walk into this world, but the moment you're born into this world, you have labels and categories thrown all over you. People call you this, they call you that. You can be rejected and abandoned. You can be a loner, a rebel, whatever. But in the, the family now of Christ, when you submit your life to Christ's story, what he declares over is that you are cleansed. You are forgiven. He looks at you and he says, you are a forgiven son. You are a forgiven daughter. Verse 22, he says, he calls them brothers and sisters. And what's significant about that is that Peter's writing not to just one local church that's like an inbred family or something. No, he's, he's talking about churches across entire regions, a slew of thousands of believers across regions. He's saying, you are brothers and, Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. Therefore, love one another sincerely. So in Christ, we become brothers and sisters. Now you belong. It doesn't matter the messed up family that you come from. I come from a broken family. And it's such good news to know that we can belong to the family of God. A stable family with a stable father. So firstly, understand he wants to write a new identity over your life. Secondly, he wants to write new life over us. A fresh start, new life. In verse 23, it says that we have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Our new life in Christ. There's really two aspects to this new life in Christ. One is the fact that it's eternal. Is we will live for eternity. When you surrender your life to Christ, it's an eternal life, but it's also now of eternal significance. Without Christ authoring the story of our lives, our lives lack purpose. They, they lack any sort of eternal significance. You may have purpose for a time being, but it lacks the eternal significance. When you surrender to Christ's story, he begins to write a story of new life, which now lasts forever. It's just beginning. And Christ is alive today. The resurrected Christ is what we celebrate on Easter. The resurrected Christ who's alive today, he's present here this morning and he's, he's getting our attention and saying he wants to write the story for your life. I don't want to close with this illustration. I want you to picture your life without Christ being like this. I want you to picture yourself coming to a desk and taking a seat at the desk and grabbing a pen and a stack of papers. And at that desk, you begin to write your story. 
You begin to write out the things that matter to you the most, uh, the great accomplishments. And maybe you, you muster up some moments of vulnerability and honesty, and in your story, you begin to write some of your struggles and the difficulties and the trials. And you write, and you write, and you write chapter three, chapter four, on and on and on, until all of a sudden you feel a tap on your shoulder. And it's Jesus Christ himself. And he's asking that you surrender the pen. And actually, if you'd allow him to begin to write a new story over your life. And you kind of wrestle with this tension in your heart, whether you want to give that up or not. You kind of enjoy it. But you do, you surrender. You get up from the desk, you give him the seat, and he sits down and you assume that he's just going to pick up where you left off. You stopped at chapter four and he's just gonna start writing the story from that point forward, but he doesn't. He blows your mind because he actually begins to write the story of your life long before you were even born. He begins to write out the thoughts of heaven towards you, the plans and the affections of the father towards you as his son or as his daughter. And he begins to write your story then, even from that point forward and onwards, the purposes, the missions that he has for you, the adventures in God that have eternal significance. And your mind is blown because you thought you were living for something. But as you begin to read his story, it's, it blows anything out of the water that you could have imagined. That's what it's like to surrender authorship over to our heavenly father. Jesus Christ wants to write a story over our lives. It's one of new identity and of new life. If everyone would just bow their heads and close their eyes in this place. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.